The theme song commences. The microphone hisses. The joke falls flat. The co-host argues with his friend. The intro runs out of steam. The episode begins. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast. Gotta recap. It is episode 36, I think it is. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yep. Okay. We'll roll with it. Episode 36, Nick Montagani. I am here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, welcome welcome back to the show, my boy. Thank you. It's good to be back. Good to see you, bud. I don't know where I went, but You're I'm, gone I'm here a- now. You were gone for a while, you know, a whole <laughs> week you were gone. I guess I was gone too for a whole yeah, week. Yeah, that's true. But you don't, just, you don't just hang out in the, the Discord chat waiting for me to just get back? Waiting for, <laughs> I wish Brendan was here. I really want to talk to him about <laughs> Samurai Jack. <laughs> Brendan, the name of the game is Nobody Saves the World. I've played that. Not as much as you, but, but I have played it. Brand new video game from the creators of the uh, Guacamelee series of video games. Yep. Um, not really similar to those games at all. No. Um, but yeah, brand new. It just came out. I believe it's on Xbox console exclusively and then also PC. Yeah, you can get it on Steam. Uh, I was playing it on Game Pass for PC. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about it? I am much further than you are. So. Uh, I think it's very fun. I haven't gone back to it since the first day that I played it. And I played maybe five hours in a yeah. sitting. Um, Maybe, uh, but I, I'm enjoying it, but I've been playing Metroid, so I will probably go back to it once I finish that. I can't really juggle games like some people can. I usually can't either. Yeah, I got to kind of fully lean into one thing. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's it's a problem where I'll start multiple games at first to see what's grabbing me mm-hmm. and like maybe get like an hour into each of them. And then one of them will hook me and I'll I'll finish it off. And then I'll be like... Oh, do I really want to play the replay the first hour of that game that I started so long ago? And then the answer is always yes. I'll just I'll just go ahead and do that. Yeah. Um. Most of the time, I think when I do that, I I just don't end up playing the other one. Right. I'm like, well, something new has come out by now. I'm just going to play the new thing. <laughs> That's fair. Uh. Yeah. Nobody saves the world. It's like a RPG ish. It's like an action RPG that it's got like combat that kind of reminds me of like the Binding of Isaac. I, I think yeah. is what I would call it. Uh, it's it's like Binding of Isaac. It's kind of set up like a a Zelda style thing as well. Yeah. Um, you have these dungeons, but they're randomly generated. Right. Um, in that, I think every time you leave and go back in, they change. I've never actually re-entered a dungeon after I've played it, but that's what it seems yeah. like. Or if you die and then you re-enter, like the it's. reoriented a little differently Mm. like most of the enemies are the same with like the same buffs and stuff that they had before but yeah Yeah. the layout's just a little different um and from what i've seen though that doesn't 
seem like it would be that interesting because uh, yeah they don't really do a lot with it yeah none of them really have puzzles i think i've seen one like the first real dungeon that's not a mini dungeon has doors where you have to yeah. kill so many enemies to get through the door but that's the only yep. thing that's like gated any progress so far there's a few other things that they do later on where there's like a set of keys that you have to get mm. in the dungeon somewhere and like fight your way through baddies to get like the keys to open the door and progress through the dungeon. But like it never really gets any crazier than something yeah. like that. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's the most interesting thing about it. I think the character swapping is uh, really what. Yeah. What drives that game. Yeah. It's really cool. Like this. It's literally the name. The name of the main character is Nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the, the whole gimmick is that they can change themselves into like maybe like 20 ish other, like different forms that you can unlock throughout the game that each have their own unique powers and mm-hmm. like special abilities, um, which is really, really cool and like fun to like, see kind of what ability lines up with like each dungeon that you find yourself in. Um, and then there's also like puzzles in the overworld that you yep. walk around that like you have to be in a specific specific form to like solve the puzzle that's presented to you. Um, yeah, that is definitely the main draw of the game where it gets even cooler where you're not at yet in in this point of the game because you haven't played enough. Uh, you get you unlock the ability to like mix and match the powers that I do you have get. F- oh, I didn't think you were that far. I met I met the hammer who gives you the ability uh i because I, I went to the right first when it gives you the option you can go left or right after the first right dungeon. right 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 i went to right, the right, right first and met him right away i think he also might be to the left i think he's both oh ways. <laughs> no matter which way you go you'll run into him yeah pretty much yeah he has a vendetta against a rock he's really pissed at it <laughs> he's pissed at that rock he hates it <laughs> like it ruined his life or something yeah, but it's really cool. Like all these different forms have their own unique abilities, but then you get the ability like you're able to like take any power from any form and put it on top of another mm-hmm. form, um, which is cool because then there's like a huge checkbook of t- quests that you have to like complete to level up your character and progress like through the game and like the quests start being like use another form's power as this form to yeah. like. It gets to be Which a little seems daunting at I first. Think. <laughs> it, it is definitely daunting at first, but like as you get used to it, like it's it's very easy to just be like, okay, well, this is my checklist that I need. So to does it give you those even before you've equipped like a certain ability? Because it to me, the way it happened out for me, I don't and could have just been a coincidence, but I put a certain power on the archer and then the quest was to use that power on the archer. So then I was sitting there like, am I going to have to mix and match every single possible thing to find every quest that would be insane uh no you do not have to do that so that was like overwhelming to me i was like no 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 (laughs) i don't want to do it will tell you like very specifically like use this power on this form okay that's not so bad then so don't worry about that yeah i was like i'm gonna have to now put every ability on the archer and check and see if there's a quest for it yeah that would be it is scary. Like there's a gigantic list of quests that you can end up doing mm. in this game. But like once you kind of get rolling, it never really feels like it's like bothering you too much. And it doesn't really even feel like a grind. Like it's right. it's it feels very natural and it's fun to, yeah, like go through each character, like max out all their quests and then move on to the next character mm. and max out all their quests. It's good. Yeah, I like it. Most of them so far have been like very natural things like use. Yeah, like regain MP as the archer. And it's like you do that just by attacking. So like it, it'll happen right. as long as you're playing the archer. Right. 
yeah, Nobody Saves the World yeah. is the name of the game. It's pretty. It's good. a game that released in January, so we'll see if we're still talking about it or remember what we did when it comes to December of 2022. We'll see if it sticks sticks in our minds, but I think it's got the potential. It's fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I uh, definitely have to get back to it. I'm still very early, um, but I'm interested to see where it goes. I want to I want to play the story out. I got a little taste of the lore at the end of the first dungeon, and I'm like, <laughs> all right, I, I can I kind of feel like I know where this is going, but let's let's ride it out. There's some fun twists. Ooh. You'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, 2022 game. Uh, you're currently playing Metroid Dread, a 2021 game. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you are enjoying that. We talked about that a little bit before the pod. Yep. Um, I hope this is, I mean, God, I think this is now two weeks in a row where we've talked about video games in our episode intro. So I hope people don't mind that too much. Yep. Um, fuck them. That's, that's one of our interests. I think there's some overlap between Samurai Jack fans and video game fans. I mean, <laughs> certainly there are two of them talking on this podcast right now. So, yeah. yep. Um, if anyone is interested more in our thoughts on video games, you can go back and listen to our Game of the Year 2021 cast, which we released just about a month ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, go check it out and see how we felt about all games, including Metroid Dread, a game that Brendan hadn't played until now. Yeah. And I wish he had played it then. Me too. Because it might have made his list. It probably would have, yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Last year was pretty light. I kind of had to squeeze to get a, uh, a few of those on the list. That's okay. Yeah. Honor- honorable mention for you, I suppose. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it on our Games of the Decade list. <laughs> God, I'll, yeah, I'll talk to you in, <laughs> in 2030. 2030. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll see if that, if that happens, (laughs) um, 2030 is a long way from now, uh, but you know, it's a short way from now is our recap of episode 36 of Samurai Jack. So let's begin it. Now, Brendan, if you recall, we talked about in a previous episode that the title, the episode title, Jack and the Monks was wasted on an episode where a different title probably could have been used in mm-hmm. that situation. I think we landed on like Jack and the Mountain or Jack versus the Mountain would yeah. have been more fitting. Because mm-hmm. the monks were pretty minor players in the episode Jack and the Monks. And hardly seemed like monks, really. They were like, they could have been like Jack and the Druids. Just weird dudes. Or Jack and the, yeah, Jack and the creepy old men. Jack and the scary Sherpas. I don't know. <laughs> Anything could have been done. Uh, and and it, and we were absolutely right that they should have saved that episode title because really this week is where it would have been most applicable. Yep. Uh, what did we get instead? So, Brendan, the title for episode 36 of Samurai Jack is a fucking train wreck. <laughs> it is Jack, comma, the monks, comma, and the ancient master son. Okay. (laughs) Which, if you're curious, is uh, the highest character count that we've had for Samurai Jack titles so far. Just barely edging out Jack the Woolies and the Critch Lights by like (laughs) two or three characters. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a terrible title. But what can you do? They could have saved themselves so much trouble if they just hadn't called Jack and the Monks Jack and the Monks. Nobody will ever see the full title on their podcast app. It's just not going to happen. I would have to scroll forever. It's going to just, it's going to have ellipses in it. 
people won't know what episode they'll think when they look at our episode of this podcast they'll think we just talked about Jack and the Monks again. Jack the Monks but and we the what? Decided to shorter shorten it <laughs> to just Jack, comma the Monks and ellipses and the Ancient Master's Son. <laughs> uh, what a mess that episode title is! But uh, here we are, yeah. episode thirty six. Uh, Brendan thirty six XXVI. Uh, the first Patriots Super Bowl win. Don't you remember it well? No. When was that? That was like 2001, I that, think it was. That was the first time they ever won? First time. They had been in a few before that, but that was their first of many to wow. come. Was that the first time Tom Brady was on the team? Uh, he had been a rookie the year before okay. and then became a starter in his second year when their their starting quarterback got injured. Right. Um, and then so, yeah, in his second year was when they won their first Super Bowl was, and then obviously won many more. Was the old that. quarterback Drew Bledsoe? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is good. Yeah, I know some sports yes. stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like Drew I Bledsoe. can participate in this conversation. <laughs> I didn't really want to talk about it too much, but just the, the Roman numerals of XXVI stand out to me as like more of a fan of sports. Uh, my memories of those early Patriots Super Bowls are going over to like family friends houses for Super Bowl parties. Mm -hmm. um, we had a family friend who was really not even like a family friend, but like was the one who hosted the party that all, all of our family friends went to. So that's right, what yep. we did. Um, while most of the kids my age would like go in the other room and play Paper Mario, Paper Mario on Nintendo 64, which yep. maybe I should have been doing. Um, I was instead watching the game and sitting like directly in front of the TV. Uh, and this is where the memory, this is where really the memories are. And I just wanted to bring the story up was uh, the, this, this the, the house that we went to, they had like a gigantic plasma screen, like right when that became a thing. Oh yeah. Yep. And then they also had TiVo oh right when God. that became a thing. You went yeah. to a rich family's house. Uh, yes. <laughs> in, in short. Yes. Um, but what was so interesting, so TiVo, you know, obviously now like anyone who has cable has some kind of like DVR functionality mm -hmm. that will do what TiVo did. Um, but this, I don't know if it was this Super Bowl or the one after it. I can't remember. Um, but this was the famous Janet Jackson nip yep. slip. Yep. I, recall, I, I don't know if I would call it that. It was a uh, <laughs> wardrobe malfunction. Forced. <laughs> Yeah, he, he ripped that thing right off of there. That, yeah, that I guess that does imply some sort of accidental <laughs> yeah. reveal. Um, not to get too much into that, because it was actually a very terrible thing that happened to Janet Jackson <laughs> after that Super Bowl. And I feel extremely bad for that woman and what the American society did to her. Yeah. Um, but sitting in this room as a God, I mean, even if it was 2003, which was the second one, so I would have been a 10-year-old boy. Yep. Uh, and this family, with the brand new invention of TiVo, uh, constantly rewinding the live footage of the broadcast well, over and over and hell. over again to be like, did that really just happen? So like, as a very young boy, me sitting in front of this gigantic plasma TV screen, seeing Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction again and again and again and again and i'm like guys looking back on it i'm like guys i'm sitting i am uh, the the young boy is sitting directly in front of the tv <laughs> they didn't see you there <laughs> just <laughs> they were just focused absolutely. on something else <laughs> <laughs> yeah just wasn't concerned um <laughs> 
I don't know. Just a funny story thinking back on like, yeah, the the state of television in like the same area er, era as Samurai Jack yep. is like we're talking about right now. Like the invention of something like that where it made like live TV moments like that something you could just like rewatch repeatedly. And now, of course, like every live TV show has like a several seconds delay to make sure that this exact scenario does not happen. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. It was wild. Yeah, it was a crazy year. 2003. It was a crazy year. <laughs> uh, May 31st, 2003 was the release of episode 36 of Samurai Jack, which we should start talking about. Let's now do that. that. I'm talking about <laughs> Janet Jackson. 16 minutes into the episode. <laughs> Worth it. Anyway, uh, Jack is walking through this very dense heavy forest with like these these big leaves it's like this really thick forest i almost wanted to call it like a rainforest but i'm not sure that it is i don't know uh, yeah thick it could forest. be like some sort of like tropical jungle area something like that thick vegetation mm-hmm. he's walking through this forest and he uh he scratches his armpit which without the upcoming context was like a really weird animation to see of jack just like reaching over and scratching himself you know grody <laughs> I'm like, this is what I would do, but like, there's not a camera watching me all the time. Um, And he keeps walking and he gets this very concerned look on his face and again starts like scratching himself. And there's a long series of shots of Jack like moving through these huge leaves and over tree roots in this this forest and like just scratching himself in like all different areas of his body. (laughs) Truly needs a shower. Yeah, he's got stinky. Yeah, he's got all sorts of gross forest grime all over him he's got to get off um jack does take the time though to take a shower like we've seen him bathe in waterfalls on multiple occasions he does uh he stops walking and uh he pauses for a second and then he just like completely freaks out and scratches himself like crazy all over his body like he's having some kind of reaction to something Mm mm-hmm and he lifts up his hand and looks at it in front of his face, and there's a big bug crawling across his finger, like some big nasty bug. Yeah, like an ant adjacent kind of thing. Yeah, with like these big nasty pincers. Mm-hmm. And he rips open his gi, and his entire torso is covered in these creepy crawly bugs. There's like beetles and centipedes all over himself. Yeah. I thought we were done with all of this horror shit. <laughs> I was going to say that. This is this is scary. <laughs> I thought it's, we got that out of the way you last You talk week. about thousands of scary bugs. This is that scenario. Moths. Fuck moths. Moths are bugs. Yeah, I know, but the, the not scary ones. These ones. Real scary. <laughs> I will give you that this is scarier than probably that last scenario. If he opened but. the door in the previous episode and a bunch of centipedes and beetles came running out, that would be jumped scary. onto his chest. Uh, yeah, I would flee. I would not go into that house. Uh, flee is another type of bug. <gasps> that's true. I did that mm-hmm. intentionally, of course. Uh, that's all I heard when you said flee, because I. Once I hear something that you say and I want to make a bad joke off of it, I don't really listen to the rest you of what you say. Stop listening and wait for your turn to speak. Yeah, <laughs> Brendan, Brendan, shut up now. I have something to say. <laughs> That's how conversations work. <laughs> <laughs> That's podcasting, baby. <laughs> um, 
Jack screams and starts like swiping all of these bugs off of him. But there's just so many. Mm -hmm. He keeps swiping them and they don't go away. Like in a panic, he steps backwards and he trips over a tree and falls on his face with like a big, loud thud. Mm -hmm. Looks like it hurt. But he picks himself up and keeps journeying on through this forest. I'm not really sure what the point of this bug sequence was. Not that it was not enjoyable, but yeah. like I'm not really sure why they even bothered. It does not fit the episode. It does not come up again. They don't revisit it. Yeah, they're, it's not like when he meets the characters later on, they're like, oh, I hope you didn't have any trouble with the bugs. Or he like pulls out bugs from his pocket and throws them at him or something. They turn into a mystical gateway to the past. <laughs> he reaches a clearing in the forest, with, which has got like a stone floor mm -hmm. um, and all these tablets around the floor that look like tombstones almost, but I'm not sure they actually were. Yeah, I'm not sure what those are. Uh, I I know that I've seen them in other media involving yeah. like this type of place, but yeah, I'm not sure exactly what they are. Shrines, maybe? That's possible. Yeah, it looked of, like there was some kind of writing on them. Yeah. I don't know. Some kind of shrine, I imagine. Something that you and me are not smart enough to accurately describe, which I think there's a lot of that in this episode. Which oh, yeah. We'll get to. Um, and uh, at the end of this clearing, there's a impassable stone staircase that's completely overgrown with the forest's vegetation. Um, and Jack looks around this clearing, and before he even takes one step, there's the noise of something flying towards him from behind. And he quickly ducks down and avoids the attack of these two bald monks. Oh, yeah. Come in to, come in to fight him. Yep, and it's a badass fight scene. They, yeah, they enter like this very lengthy and extremely well choreographed, like kung fu fight. They're like punching and kicking and flipping all over the goddamn place. Oh, yeah. And like Jack's responses to them, it, it is, like you just said, really well choreographed. Uh, it's got a lot of cool, like slow mo shots. This must have been. This episode must have required a tremendous amount of research into like actual Shaolin monk kung fu fighting routines. I I would wager that they just found a really cool fight scene in a, a movie and just, yeah, and just, just wholesale it. lifted it straight out of that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's I you know what? That is definitely entirely possible. That's Not that what I'm I would complain do. about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just. A lot of research and also must have been like an absolute joy for the animators to like animate all the movements of the characters in yeah. this episode. It must have been a real treat for them. There's, It's a very cinematic episode overall, uh, actually. There's a lot of really cool shots, a lot of cool action, like poses and scenes that uh, all worked really well. Some things that didn't work so well, but I'll talk about that later. They pause in the middle of this fight and uh, Jack and the monks. I'm going to say Jack and the monks a lot, which is frustrating because that is an episode title as we already established, but it's not mm -hmm. this episode's title. Nope. Jack and the monks uh, enter these fighting stances and uh, they're all kind of surprised as they slowly look down and see that all three of them are in the exact same stance. Mm -hmm. um, and Jack shifts his foot and they all enter a new stance in it's again it's the exact same fighting stance that they're all in and they're all kind of like not sure what to make of that right off the bat and one of those monks kicks some dirt up at jack's face and they enter another one of these very cool fights and uh, jack dodges one of their punches and yeah just like you said it goes into slow motion and like as the fist is flying by jack's face he's like looking at the fist with like this very quizzitive look on his face like mm, wait a minute this seems familiar. I recognize that punch. 
<laughs> they uh, they fight some more and like Jack punches at one of them and like one of the monks has another like the same exact kind of like slow mo like recognition of Jack's strike that he he had towards him. Yeah, that strike you used was a sun fist, and you used an ox fist and tiger claw, and I'll use others. Monkey steals the peach. Counted by Dragon sweeps his tail. Dragon sweeps his tail. <laughs> it must have been so fun to like come up with the names of all these fighting moves that they do. In I this. wonder. I wonder if they're real names. Like they could very well be. <laughs> some of them might be, but like some of them are so cartoonish that like they could not. I, think I don't think it's horse possible, drinks the water. I think that was one my that favorite. Up. That's my favorite one. Yeah, Jack recognizes the shadowless kick, and then he counters it, and the monk is shocked, and he's like, "Countered with horse drinking water." <laughs> oh, it's so great so- too when he does it. He like throws him, and the the monk kind of like horizontal to the ground does a bunch of spins. And then just lands in like a cool pose. <laughs> there, yeah. They all kind of know what each other are doing, um, but it looks good to me. And the names of these moves are very, very silly. Mm-hmm. Brendan, do you recognize this reference when I say magic flying fast food sack? No. What if I say magic spinning loose change? No. We're going to let that go. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. I'll have to look it up after, but I'm going to (laughs) forget. That's fine. Someone out there is going crazy. (laughs) It's not a Yakuza thing, is it? It's not. I could probably come up with a few of those, too, if I really wanted to. But who has the time? (laughs) Uh, That's a shame. That's all right. We'll talk about it off pod. (laughs) Now I need to know. (laughs) That's okay. You'll find out. Uh, They all start to let their guard down a bit in this fight, and the monks ask Jack how he knows all these moves, and Jack just says to them, I'm Shaolin, like you guys are. Yeah. Duh. Duh, I mean, obviously. (laughs) We're all on the same page here. Um, They can't believe that because they say that they've been hidden in secrecy for centuries, they say. And uh, then they basically have like a talent show of Shaolin fighting routines. Mm-hmm. Um, one monk performs the mantis and Jack says, oh, I know that. Uh, what about Southern Fist? And then he does Southern Fist. And uh, the other monk goes, well, I'll bet you can't do Eagle Claw. Um, Jack gets very excited and he says, yes, and also Water Beetle. And then he does this funny little squat sidestep where he's raising his hands up and down, like walking back and forth like a little water beetle. Like a crab walk, yeah. <laughs> I think that this f- this whole fighting name and fighting routine show-off sequence is like my favorite part of this episode. It's oh, very yeah. silly to Probably, me. Probably, yeah. Very good. It's very good. Uh, but the final test, they tell Jack, if he is truly Shaolin like them, uh, he'll know the sign of their brotherhood. And Jack doesn't say a word, and he holds his hand up and points his right palm out at them and extends his index finger straight up. And they do the exact same gesture back at him, and in unison, they call him brother. This hand gesture, I'm doing it right now, Brendan. You can see me doing it on camera. It's not, it's kind of hard to do. Like, it kind of makes my thumb feel uncomfortable when I. Oh, yeah, you gotta, yeah, you really gotta angle your thumb forward. Because it's not a closed fist. It's like a finger straight pointing straight up, and then the, all the other fingers are curled immediately straight down, but not in a closed fist style. No, open palm, very much. It hurts. I'm, I should stop doing it. <laughs> but that is the symbol of the 
secret Shaolin order. So Jack has <laughs> he's he's proved he's cool enough to hang. Yeah, he knows the secret handshake. <laughs> shimmy shimmy cocoa puff, <laughs> and uh, they let him in. Uh, but they tell Jack he needs to meet the Grand Master, and they step on a stone in this clearing that parts the plants in front of those stairs, revealing this very old temple with these big wooden doors on the front of it. Mm-hmm. And the monks open up those doors for Jack, and he steps inside of a Kung Fu Master's dream. Oh, yeah. It's like the temple from uh, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> <laughs> same thing. Yeah, it's essentially the same setup. Got the it's got the balcony overhanging the first floor. It's got all those log things with the little arms sticking out of it that you I don't know what you'd use that for. You you hit them. I've never seen Kung Fu Panda, but Brendan, uh, if you think about the main character of Kung Fu Panda, that might lead you to some clues to the reference that I made earlier. Is it a Kung Fu Panda thing? It's not. It's okay. Is we'll it Nacho it Libre? Pod. We'll talk about it off pod. God damn it! It's not Nacho Libre. <laughs> Uh, my, uh, hmm, no, you know what? I was going to try to make a Kung Fu or a, a Nacho Libre reference. I don't have it. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, I am singing at the party. I've never seen Nacho Libre. <laughs> <laughs> Big hug, little keys. I only know the, the stretchy pants because it was in the commercial. Oh yeah, that's right. There was stretchy pants. You're right. Yeah. A weird time for movies. Yeah. That was like the that was like the same period as Napoleon Dynamite, which I thought was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. I told my whole family that it was going to be bad, and then they saw it, and it was bad. Yeah, it and was. I, told, bad. I said I I said I told you it was going to be bad, and then they bought it on DVD, and I watched it for the first time on DVD. And I fucking loved it. Uh, see, it's the kind of movie I hated it when I watched it, and then I talked about it a lot with my friends because it was fun to talk about, but I didn't like watching it. And now I kind of have an appreciation for it Uh, just because of the the cultural impact, I think of the movie. Of course, Napoleon Dynamite has no more cultural relevance in the year 2022, but last year, just to talk about the NFL again, briefly uh, last year in the NFL, there was a player who uh, was like very reminiscent to people of the character, uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Um, and they actually did like a like a little like short uh, video with this quarterback and the guy who played Uncle Rico playing Uncle Rico. So it was like <laughs> Uncle Rico training this NFL quarterback in his ways. And I was really happy to like have Napoleon Dynamite have one more time. That is pretty funny. Before it's forgotten forever. Uncle Rico was maybe the best part where it, with the uh, but I could throw this football over those mountains. <laughs> <laughs> He would have won state, don't you know? <laughs> what a good movie. Uh, anyway, yeah, Jack walks inside this temple, and they basically give him a tour of the temple. There's a lot of kung fu going on in mm-hmm. here. There's, yeah, just these these monks dueling everywhere with, like, fists and swords and spears, um, all sorts of other monks in meditation. Um, there's... Uh, some monks doing Jack's old montage training regiment where yep. they're punching big bowls of sand and hanging upside down and moving water from one bucket to another. Remember yep. that? I do. I was excited to see it again. <laughs> at least at least they're still practicing the old ways, which <laughs> Jack is like loving that they're still doing. That. Oh, yeah. He's stoked about it. Um, Yeah, there's a couple of monks like practicing their kung fu moves, like just doing punches and flips and like. 
one of them's got like a pair of swords and it's doing its own thing. It's, it's like really, really beautifully animated. Oh, yeah. Uh, I especially liked the ones that were using that that log thing that I was talking about. Uh, yeah, because it has this like weird motion blur happening when they're like moving between the different spokes mm-hmm. on it. Uh, it's very fun to watch. I looked that up uh, They're They're called a, a wing chun, I believe is oh. what they're called. And yeah, it's like these wooden dummies with like these spokes sticking out of it. I mean, yeah, there's just like rows and rows of bunks like practicing on these things. Mm-hmm. Um, then the only other thing I had written down is there's a large assembly of monks doing a staff fighting routine, just like when Jack taught the monkeys and Jack learns to jump good. Oh, yeah. Yep. They're basically doing the same exact routine. So. Bringing it back. Yeah callback good episode for Uh, callbacks oh yeah for sure uh and jack he literally says to these monks that it's like refreshing to see that this temple has survived so long and they're still training in all these ancient ways which yeah must just be such a delight for him to like oh yeah to see that there's some part of his world still here yeah um and one of the monks says to him well it's actually you know the grand master has really helped us out and his wisdom has actually helped us attain higher levels they look into a doorway off to the side and there's a monk that is sitting in meditation, but is literally floating off the ground. Yeah. And there's another monk who is ringing a very large bell by basically like air bending wind into it. Mm-hmm. And Jack is not really sure what to say. He's just like, I see. Uh, and Avatar wasn't on television at this point, right? Shortly after. Okay. Yeah. I think a couple years after this. Um, but I did write down, of course, Brendan, uh, that uh, the air nomads in Avatar The Last Airbender are very similar in design and like sensibility to yep. the monks that are in this episode. So it's cool to see that like both shows like clearly paid attention to like Southeast Asian culture and tried to like make the appropriate characters for like the scenario that they were put in. It's cool right. that, like they both they both clearly like put in the work to try to like do something respectful. Mm-hmm. And not to entertain Avatar too much on this podcast. Please uh, go on. But I do know that a big part of that show uh in the like development stage was making sure that each different form of bending uh represented a different kind of uh martial arts. Yes. Uh, so I would imagine that this one, I, I don't know if Shaolin is the actual type of martial arts they're using, but I imagine this one is the one that the airbenders would be using. A hundred percent. Yeah. This is very reminiscent of the way that the airbenders. I mean, of course, there is only one airbender left. Right. Um, but <laughs> if you know the show well enough. <laughs> oh, you know that I do. Number one. But anytime Avatar you see fan. them fighting in like the airbending style, yeah, it does look a lot like the moves that these monks are doing in mm-hmm. this episode. So, yeah, it's clear that both shows like tried. Yeah. And it's cool to see. Which is cool. Yeah. Very cool. It's cool to see it done uh, in a good show. All right. <laughs> just gonna leave that one <laughs> i do like that uh they say like oh yeah the grandmaster like helped us get to this point so i kind of like the idea that like they kind of like trained themselves to learn how to do that it's not really it's not technology which is the exam like is the solution to a lot of the things on the show and it's also not really like magic it's not mm. like someone cast like a spell on these monks to make them do these things it's just like they figured it out over time yeah <laughs> so you and me if we tried hard enough we could probably pull this off yeah, just unlock your key i'll be flying all over the gd place <laughs> if krillin can ground. do it anyone can do it <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, they're all they're all training. Jack loves it. Um, these monks lead him through a door into this hallway that's lined with like a million floating, flickering flames. Yeah, that was fun. Not really sure what's going on in this hallway, but it's cool. Um, they enter the Grand Master's chambers, which is just like back into the forest. It's like they mm-hmm. built the temple around like where the Grand Master was. I think that is the implication here. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, Jack looks up at this huge tree in the forest and sitting in meditation at the base of the tree is a extremely old man who's got like pencil thin arms and legs and like a withered old face. Um, He's got these long strands of like silver blue hair that are coming out of like every angle of his head and like his beard and like even his eyebrows. Mm -hmm. Um, Like these impossibly long strands of, of hair that have mixed into the roots of the tree that he's sitting beneath. Like he's become one with the tree. Yep. That's what it seems like. Yeah. And he talks about that a little bit, but it's it's funny to see him. Yeah. Just sitting there like as part of the tree and he's sitting there like he's got like a blue aura. He's like glimmering when Jack yeah, is looking at he's him. constantly flashing on the yeah. screen um, without moving his mouth or any other muscle in his body. The Grandmaster's voice calls out and beckons Jack to step forward. Um. And Jack approaches and bows deeply to this grandmaster and uh, looks down at the ground. And there's like some rocks floating off the ground. So there's some high energy levels going on in the grandmaster's chambers. Speak, my son. Grandmaster, I am the pupil of Master Chu. I am Tan Song. I was also the pupil of Master Chu with you at the temple. How can this be? I remember the day you arrived at our temple. I was but a boy then. An emperor's son had come to learn our ways. And we're seeing Jack arrive at the monk's temple in the past. And the Grand Master is in the scene, but like he's a very young little boy who's mm-hmm. like shy and like hiding behind the old Grand Master as like Jack in the past like looks over at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Grandmaster is talking about Jack's training that he did with these Shaolin monks. And it's really cool because what it does is it literally takes clips from the first, uh, the montage in the first episode of Samurai Jack and like reinserts them into this episode. So now we're like further adding on to the story of Jack in this specific training sequence. Yeah, which is very cool. It's a uh, similar to what they did with the Scarab episode where we saw Jack yeah. running around uh, the pyramids. Exactly. Um, and it's cool. Like, you remember that this is like one of the very last scenes in that montage. So mm-hmm. Jack, like we're seeing him as he was in that moment when he went to train with them, but he doesn't look any younger than he does now, like in the show. Cause this was like one of his very last stops. Right. So yep. like he is his age. He's not like a teenager yeah. or something. The only difference I think is his outfit is a little, right. I think he's wearing like pants and a blue shirt underneath his gi. Right. He didn't have the gi that his mother presented to him from like a gigantic boot <laughs> statue that opened right. Up. Um, 
And yeah, there's a montage, like literally, yeah, again, like a clip from that opening montage of Jack training with a spear, which is cool because it transitions into the continuation of that scene, mm-hmm. um, like animated now in like the updated version of Samurai Jack animation style that we're used to at this point. Um, and uh, the little boy comes out and like brings Jack some water after that training sequence. And yeah, it's just. Just like, yeah, just like you said in the Scarab episode, it's cool to see like new footage of Jack's time during that training montage, which is like the most important, maybe like the most important stretch of time in this show's lore yeah. is Jack's training. Like how he um, got to be who he is. Yeah, exactly. So it's cool for them to like flesh out any part of that story. I'm happy like any time that they will choose to do that and i think there's only one more episode that i can remember where i'm pretty sure that they have like a serious amount of time committed to something like that so Mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to it um but anytime it happens i'm all for it i almost feel like i'm more interested in like jack's past than the future that he's in Uh, i don't know well that's yeah i think i can kind of see that's kind of fair because we know where he ended up from that and right now right going into the future we are getting a lot of filler on the way Yes. Uh, where if they focused more on like his past, we would n- not need that because we know where it needs to end up. This is true. I don't know. I just really like that opening montage. How can you not? How, yeah, exactly. I want to see That's Jack just, hanging out with Vikings more. I would like to see that. Well, we did get, you know, <laughs> we, we did, he did get smiled down at by Odin and Thor and the rest of the Norse pantheon. That's true. Uh, that'll never not be the funniest thing that's ever happened <laughs> on this show. Um, I don't know. There's something in this episode that uh, I legitimately <laughs> laughed out loud watching it by myself. <laughs> I'm curious to see what it is. We'll find out. Um, Yeah, the Grandmaster tells Jack that eventually Aku did find their temple and destroyed them. But uh, he and the other survivors escaped and secretly built this temple that they're in now. It's kind of sad to think that like probably all of the people that Jack met in that montage were destroyed by Aku like shortly after Jack Mm -hmm. was sent to the future. Like Aku probably came for every like established civilization and killed everyone. Oh, yeah, especially anybody that helped Jack. I'm sure he he personally went and found them yeah it's it's like really a bummer to think that like yeah all those happy moments that we saw in that montage that we just said how much we loved like yeah all those people not only are they they long gone because it's thousands of years in the future but they're long gone because like aku got rid of them immediately yeah they've been gone (laughs) yeah not just the passage of time was their fate yeah um but anyway The uh, Grandmaster says that, you know, eventually he did become the new Grandmaster and he he explains kind of the situation here that eventually his own chi became so powerful that he became one with nature and he's able to receive energy and nourishment from the earth, Mm -hmm. which is how he's kept alive for these thousands of years. Yeah. He kind of yeah toots his own, own horn about that a little bit, but then he looks at Jack and he's like, but fucking look at you guy. Like... I uh, you we've both lived the same amount of time, but you look great. Yeah, I'm an old man who's mostly a tree now. I've just become a tree. You still looking <laughs> good, my man. Uh, and he says that, Jack, your chi must be the highest of all, even further than mine. And Jack, like very quickly, like humbles himself. He's like, no, 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 no. That's that's not what's going on here. Um, He comes clean and he's like, well, actually, I got sent 
into the future by Aku. It's a long story, but you know, that's that's kind of what I'm doing here. <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Your your chi is like off the charts, my dude. <laughs> um and he's kind of talking about Aku, and then he has like a very sudden realization. He's like, oh shit. Aku's eyes are always watching. Uh, and he panics that he gave away the monk's secret location to Aku. And he's like desperately trying to leave. And he turns around to run. And the monks stop him from running. And the Grandmaster is like, no, 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 no. Don't even sweat it, Jack. I am able to shield this temple from Aku. And you are literally safer here than any other place on Earth. This is the scene that I, I, thought, it might be. <laughs> that I thought was so hilarious. <laughs> it's really good. There's a quick shot of like these like drones that are flying over this forest and like scanning it. And it cuts, it very quickly cuts to Aku's house where he's watching his hideaway TV, but the signal is all scrambled. So he's like banging static. his fist. Yeah. And he's punching it and it's making the sound of a tube TV, which I just <laughs> thought was hilarious because it was always a joke to me that it was a TV. Right. It's like, Clearly, it's just some sort of magic portal that he's looking through. But now it's established that it is just a it's TV. It's just a TV. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Brendan, is this how Aku's ever watchful eye works? Is what like these reconnaissance drones <laughs> flying over the world? I guess it I guess be. so. Yeah, it would have to be if that's <laughs> that's what they're setting up here. I kind of just assumed that he just had like a link. To it's uh, just omnipresent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, but no, no, apparently he's got these like green drones that fly around. <laughs> I think that's much funnier. Yeah. And like knocks Aku down a peg, which is like always comical. Oh, to it's me. so funny. And it doesn't last very long. It's like only a few seconds of him doing it. It's like a it. second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's all we get of Aku. It, like, scowling at the T. He doesn't even <laughs> talk. He's just frustrated trying to get it to work. It's a really good like little cutaway bit. Yeah. It's very funny. I'm glad that he popped into the episode if only for a second and for a very good gag. Just for a joke, yeah. Um, and uh, Jack basically tells the Grandmaster that he's got to get back back to the past. He does say that, yep. He says that verbatim. Um, remember when the little kid in Jack's shoes sang the Samurai Jack theme song I to do. Jack? Yep. What a mind fuck. <laughs> that shouldn't happen. But anyway. Jack does not literally say that, but to the same effect, he says this to the Grandmaster. And uh, the Grandmaster tells him there's a temple to the north with a gateway at the top of the temple that will open when the sun is at its zenith. Zenith, a good word that they use a couple times in this That's episode. a good word, yep. Uh, and the monks tell Jack that they know the way and they'll help him get there. And Jack thanks the Grandmaster and tells him that it was good to see him again. Which is nice. The The Grandmaster says to Jack, he says, farewell, young samurai, which I was actually really happy in the moment that he didn't say farewell, samurai Jack. Yeah. Yep. That would have sucked. <laughs> that would have been so stupid. It's like anytime that Aku calls Jack samurai Jack, I cringe. I kind of like it. I, I don't. Fun. <laughs> um. We enter a montage of Jack and the monks traveling to the temple. Um, they run immediately out of the temple and look back, and there's like rows and rows of monks smiling and 
uh, doing that secret sign back to Jack with the finger. Brendan, I don't know if this happened to you on your Blu-ray that you watched, but like there's a very abrupt cut after this shot of the monks smiling and holding their fingers up at Jack. There's a very abrupt cut where the music stops and the screen goes to black and then it tr transitions into the next scene and the music starts up over again. Did that happen to you? Uh, I don't recall. Not that okay. not that I noticed, but it, it very well could have. It happened to me, and I'm I'm like 99% sure it was the commercial break in this episode. Mm. But like in the HBO Max uh, playback, there was like usually there's like a couple seconds between the commercial breaks, mm -hmm. and like it was like immediately like black screen, and then half a second, and then into the next scene. It was like really kind of jarring and strange. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if that has anything to do with the way that shows are cut for like inserting commercials. Yeah. Like maybe there's usually like a second of black screen for them to like overlap the commercial with it. Right. And this one was trying to fit more in. So it just didn't have that. I uh, I that I think that's entirely possible. It was just really weird. Um, Stood out as like a weird commercial transition that doesn't usually <laughs> happen on the show. Um, But anyway. They continue on on their journey. Uh, Jack and the monks are running through a field under the full moon. Seems like there's always a full moon on this show every single day. Mm -hmm. Like anytime it's night, the moon is full. It's magical. It's not the way that the moon works. It could be. It's it is <laughs> in this universe. Perfect. <laughs> the moon's always the moon's got real good dramatic timing. Yeah, it knows. Yeah, it knows when Jack's up to something. The rest of the time that he's traveling from civilization to civilization, it's waning and waxing mm -hmm. as the moon does. It does do that. It do be doing that. <laughs> oh, the moon be crazy, my dude. <laughs> uh, they're paddling a small boat down a river and a big fish or like some kind of serpent swims next to them on the river. And Jack looks over and smiles at it. Then looks back at the monks who have like these big dopey smiles on their faces. It's very silly. Mm -hmm. Everybody <laughs> likes these big snake monsters. They're having a good time. You know, they're on their little journey together. They're going to get back to the past. They're going to get Jack back to the past. To undo Ooh. the evil. That Aku, what does he say in this? That one? Is he says, Aku, that is, he oh. says almost the exact line, but he changes the last word. <laughs> Uh, it's like when he was telling the story to the, uh, scientists in yeah. Jack, Jack in space. And it's literally like pulling clips from the opening credits is he's like the young samurai tries to return home after being tricked by an evil demon. It's like, Jack, we know <laughs> we've been watching the show. <laughs> we just heard that five minutes ago. Fine. Not long ago. You've got to go to space and see a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're traveling along and the sun rises and they see the temple in the distance. And it's this big, tall temple with like this, this wooden scaffolding like on the side of it. Yeah. That's what you would call it, right? Yep. That's exactly what I would call that. They And yeah, again, we're reminded they have to reach the top of this temple before noon. And so they start to run up these wooden stairs. But uh, the monk, one of the monks takes one step and his foot like breaks through the wooden platform so they kind of rethink that strategy and all start like very slowly walking up this wooden scaffolding towards the top of the temple. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just walking and walking past these rows of like these stone statues of warriors that are kind of like embedded in the side of the temple. Yeah. And the camera really lingers on these things very often. 
you know it's going to be a thing. But for <laughs> now, we're just kind of checking in on them. Uh, and it's during this sequence where we have a, a shot that I don't think worked as well as it could have. Most of this uh, like scaffolding sequence has a lot of really nice like angles to it. Like we're mm. we're looking up at it from the ground and like we look down along the pathways that they're walking on. But we have one shot where the camera like kind of flies off of the scaffolding and we see it kind of like cascade and like the the, the angle of it skews and it looks really bad. Like it, it's weird, right? Because I know exactly the shot yeah. that you're, and I have it written down here in my notes. Yeah, because uh, we see it's it's so it's it's wood scaffolding and it's got bamboo shoots that go up to hold it up. But the way that like the platforms move one direction, the bamboo shoots move the other direction like they're separating from it. And it kind of looks like I don't know if you've ever played with Photoshop, but if you if you transform something, you can grab the top portion of it and kind of just like drag it around and it kind of just skews it in a weird way. Uh, and that's what it looks like is happening. Uh, I imagine they did it with some sort of like 3D program and had well, like I was 2D say, planes. Yeah, it was so odd to like see the camera like almost like rotate in a 3D space from like yeah. the top of a platform and then like rotate like 90 degrees to look on the other side of the platform where they were walking up. It was yeah really jarring because that's never happened before yeah. on this TV and show. I, and it kind of, I think, solidifies that they were using some sort of 3D in the uh, the swamp hag or whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> the swamp wizard. Swamp wizard. That's it. I got it. I got there. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're I think they're experimenting with some 3D technology in the show, and I don't think it's working very well. It's not working out. Yeah, it's <laughs> not working out. It did remind me just to bring it up for you uh, one more time. It, there's a sequence in Avatar and the Last Airbender <laughs> where the Avatar and the Last Airbender is what I just called it. So the Avatar is not the Last Airbender, no. according to me in this moment. No, uh, the monkey's the Avatar. Uh, that's true. Uh, it's a lemur, Brendan. It, lemurs are monkeys, I'm pretty sure. That's fair. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. There's like a sequence where there's like a door with these three locks on the front of it that like Aang has to airbend into the door to like get these locks to turn around. And it's the same thing. They spin around in like a 3D space in a way that looks extremely unnatural for the show that we've been watching up to this point. Mm. Uh, and it's it's possible to combine 3D, especially even at that time with like 2D animation. Right. But it has to be done like subtly or well. Uh, like Zim, Invader Zim, I think was on TV around the same time. Yeah, that used it very often for like all the ships yes. and everything. But I think, but it, it really had like a style, for, yeah, that yeah. worked for that show. Like it, it felt like it made sense. It, everything was like, cell shaded with huge outlines. Still, like. I think the important part of that is like you don't notice when it's happening. Like if you can see that it's happening, they're not doing it right. Yeah. Um, Which is it, what well, made I mean, it so jarring. Yeah. Good the on them for trying, but it just, it's just maybe work. at the time <laughs> on a smaller TV with a worse resolution, it wouldn't have been as noticeable. But right now, That's oh true. my God, it was jarring. I know. It was really weird. Um, yeah. They're, they're just walking up the scaffolding forever. Um, there's a small rock that like falls out from one of the statues and tumbles like all the way down the wooden platforms. Um, Jack like looks at it briefly, but doesn't really think about it very much and like looks up at the top of the temple and sees there's like a very long way to go still. Mm -hmm. um, they keep walking and walking and uh, suddenly Jack shushes them and they all pause in place and like look around ready for whatever's to come. And they're all listening very closely, but there's no sound. Um, 
And Jack puts his hand on his sword, and they just keep waiting, but nothing still happens. And Jack releases his sword, and he says, oh, it was nothing. And the uh, monk leading the way turns around to continue walking and is immediately attacked by one of these stone statues that has come to life. Yeah, like Legends of the Hidden Temple. I was waiting for it the oh, whole time. God, fucking, the temple guards are terrifying. <laughs> it's on so, it's if I was creepy. a kid, I would have screamed. <laughs> it's scary, but it's also like real creepy to just have these like oh, crazy men hiding in the wall, running out and grabbing kids. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's terrible. All, all I'm trying to do is assemble a silver monkey. <laughs> they can never do it. They never. They don't know where the head goes. It's so easy. They're idiots. I mean, we look back on it now, but <laughs> in the in the moment, I I wouldn't have even been able to climb up like the rope ladder that they have to do. <laughs> like, I just would have been winded. Yeah. Too many fruit, too many fruit roll ups. <laughs> um, yeah, the monk defeats that that stone statue, but all these other like stone golems pry themselves from the wall of the temple and start attacking the group. Um, and Jack and the monks fight off these statues pretty easily, but uh, they just keep on coming and Jack tells them we got to keep moving. And they start to run up the wooden scaffolding and there's more fighting and uh, the camera kind of pans up to the lead monk that is several floors up from Jack and the other monk. And between them, there's just like rows and rows of these golems, like marching up the stairs. Yeah. I like the word golems. Yeah. You also like the term rows and rows. You've said it three times now in this podcast. And every time you do, really, you have, because every time I think rows and rows of hoes and (laughs) hoes, and I have laughed every time, (laughs) but When I listen back to these episodes to edit them, I'm like, oh, I got to stop saying the word immediately. <laughs> I do that too. I haven't, I haven't ever that. noticed it before, but, that, but this time uh, it's really stuck out. Shout it back in my face when I do it and I'll stop <laughs> doing it. I'll probably keep doing it. It's like when you tell someone every time I say, um, make me stop. It's like, that's not realistic. <laughs> I had a teacher who would always pronounce my name wrong. Then he was like, every time I say your name wrong, I'm going to give you $5. Uh, And it happened only one more time. Was it Brandon? Yeah, he kept saying Brandon. Yeah. Would you like if I introduce you as Brandon? I wouldn't. No. That's not my name. They made a song about that once. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) Rows and rows of Uh, golems marching up. (laughs) Of hoes and (laughs) hoes. The monk slams his staff into the wooden platform and like completely crashes it and sends those golems crashing down through the platforms, uh, like taking out more of them as they go. And Jack and the other monk below hear the rumbling coming from above and like dodge out of the way just in time. Um, And yeah, they grab onto these bamboo poles that are holding up the scaffolding and start just climbing their way up, which maybe they should have been doing all along. That's what I was thinking. Very early on, I was like, they should just climb the outside. It would probably be much faster. <laughs> yeah. They kind of make up like a lot of ground once they start climbing. Th- I mean, certainly it would be very tiring to do this mm. the entire way up. But like in this moment, it was like, oh, you could have been there so much quicker if you could have just done this. Yeah. I don't know. Not that I could have done it. I would have probably taken the stairs. Yep. I probably would have seen, looked at it and gone, never mind. <laughs> I don't need to get to the past that badly. <laughs> I'll find a different way. That's fine. We'll figure it out. Take um, a few days, find a giant pterodactyl to ride up there. 
whatever. It I didn't there's say, a couple of them in this world. Yeah, it didn't say this was the only day it would work. It just has to be at noon. That's a thing that I thought of, Brendan, is that, you know, they can come back here pretty much any time they mm-hmm. want. Well, I don't know, because at the end of the episode, it's kind of implied that it's not possible to do that anymore based on what happens. But like, I did very much think that like they could just camp out on the That's top what of I this thought. temple. When they were like, we have to get there tomorrow. by noon. Like, oh, why? You could, you could just take your time. Yeah. Have a nice little camp know. out up top. I thought about the same thing. Yeah, it seemed funny to me. It's not like noon only happens once a millennia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> happens once a day, but a bloke, a broken clock is right twice a day. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, you have um, it. It's a thing it's that people say. But not me. I can't even say the word broken clock. I almost said bloken crock. It's bloken crock over here. <laughs> He's up to no good in it. Anyway, the sun is almost at its zenith. Uh, and Jack and the monks keep fighting and climbing as fast as they can. There's not really much to describe in their fighting, but there's just lots of good like martial artistry going on, yeah. as we've talked about. Um. There is a good move where that lead monk does a cool move of vaulting into the air with his staff and like bursting through each platform above yep. him until he reaches the top of the temple. That and it's also cool. a very cool shot. Like the the way it's framed is really nice, too. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, and he's at the top of the temple and uh, it's just this big stone platform with a cave on the far wall on the other side. And Jack and the other monk uh, climb their way up. And the three of them are surrounded by these stone golems, which they all just fight together. Um, And sure enough, the sun does reach its zenith. And a pink energy field surrounds the sun and a beam of light shoots down from it into the temple on like the other side of the cave. And they tell Jack that he needs to get moving and get into that cave, but he doesn't want to leave them alone in this fight. And they basically tell him, there's no time. We'll hold them off. Yep. They might literally say those exact lines. I think they I think they see something very similar to it, if not those <laughs> lines. It's, you know, the cliche lines, but it works in this scenario. Yeah. Um, Jack vaults into the air and runs into the cave. And as he's running, he like turns around one last time to watch the monks fight. They're starting to get tired and the golems are starting to get some shots in on them. And Jack like grimaces and clearly wants to help fight. Uh, But he turns around and runs into the cave. And as he's running through this cave, he can hear the sounds of fighting behind him and like the monks grunting and like crying out in pain. Mm -hmm. Tough situation for jack to be in yeah uh this really pisses me off (laughs) actually tell me why i get why they have to do it because if he went back in time the show would be over but also if he went back in time this never would have happened and they would be fine this is or never would have existed this is the logic that people like you and me think of you know in this (laughs) moment but also like when you consider this is on cartoon network and they're trying not to have people think that deeply about it They're, they don't want you to, yeah, they don't want you to come to that conclusion, even though it is the one that makes sense. <laughs> I know. I have a huge problem with. It's like, just do it, man. Just go. I have such a huge problem with what happens here. But yeah, knowing Jack, like, 
he doesn't think of it that way either. He's like, oh, my brothers. Mm. Like, I can't believe I'm doing this to them. Although, you know, if he goes back and saves the time, like maybe these dudes don't even ever exist. But like, yeah. is that worse than them getting killed in this moment? I don't know. I'm not a I'm not an ethics professor. Maybe maybe Jack subscribes to the multiple universe theory of time travel where he doesn't actually go back in time. He just goes to a different universe at an earlier period of time. And this one still happens. So those guys still die here. But he's not here anymore. Maybe Jack's uh, really invested in the metaverse. Ooh, maybe. He's got some money locked up in Doge. <laughs> Jack's a, That's possible. Jack's a uh, an NFT bro. <laughs> yeah, man. He's got some apes. He's got a collection of apes. <laughs> He's got one that looks like Aku. <laughs> that would be <laughs> such a good burn. Like, oh, man, that would be really good. Uh, it's possible. Uh, Jack doesn't know how to use a computer, does he? Look at this, Aku. It's non-fungible, unlike you. Don't you even dare try to funge it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I hate it all. Anyway. Yeah, Brendan, I got the same gripes. I don't know. We'll talk about it more. Um... He runs into this very large chamber with these tall stone statues lining the room, and the beam of light from the sun blasts down from above, and in its place on the floor in this chamber uh, is a a big gateway that forms with that familiar spiraling black and white time travel portal that we've seen time and time again. Yep, the exact one. Uh, Jack stares at the gateway, But then he looks back again out through the cave and he can hear the monks again still crying out in this fight that they're in. And we see shots of them like getting knocked around by those stone golems. And and Jack like keeps looking back and forth between the gateway and then back outside the cave and then back to the gateway. Like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) Go, man. He, He grits his teeth like all frustrated. And sure enough, he does run directly towards that gateway. So... Seems like he's about to make the right decision. We'll find out. After Uh, these commercial messages. (laughs) Have you ever tried HelloFresh? It's food. That's it. Back to the show. We're never going to get a sponsor. (laughs) If that's the quality that we're working with, I'm just going to read the ad copy and not ad lib over it. (laughs) My goodness. You got to work on it. Ding dong. It's food. (laughs) <laughs> food's here come get it hello fresh <laughs> stuff it in your mouth eat it uh yikes um <laughs> yeah he's running towards the gateway and there's this pounding intense drum music starts as the camera cuts between jack's face and then the monks outside losing the fight and then back to, back to jack's face and he looks conflicted and he starts to sweat And you can already tell the decision that he's about to make. It's really, Mm -hmm. there's only one way that this is going to go. Yep. Cuts back to outside the cave and the the beam from the sun fades away. And the monks are just relieved that they helped Jack make it back to the past. And uh, they admit that they won't survive this fight. But they say, at least we will die with honor. And they stand ready to fight. Those golems close in and they rush in to finish the fight. And end these two monks. And from off screen, the deus ex machina himself, Samurai Jack, <laughs> lets out a, a battle cry and leaps through the air with his sword held high above him. Mm-hmm. And cuts these golems to shreds, 
like the hero that he is. Brendan, aren't you so filled with pride for our boy Samurai Jack? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he saves the day, as he's wont to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, tells those monks to run into the cave. They all run into the cave, and they, the horde of golems follow them in. And uh, it's kind of fun, like, as they're running through the tunnel, like, all these golems start, like, sprouting from the walls and the floor of the cave, which I think is kind of neat. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a cool shot. Um, They enter that chamber and see the skylight in the ceiling high above them, and they climb up one of those giant statues lining the room and get behind the statue's head and start, like, pushing on it with their legs with, like, all of their might and it starts to rock back and forth as those golems start to catch up and like climbing up the statue themselves. Um, again, there's a fun little moment of like a golem sprouting out of the wall right next to Jack as he's pushing with his legs and he punches it right in the face. <laughs> uh, that big statue starts to collapse and Jack and the monks leap towards some vines that are hanging from that skylight in the ceiling. They grab on as the statue topples over into another one of those statues and starts to bring like the entire chamber down on top of all the stone golems filling it up, um, which is, I guess, like the explanation for us, like why they won't have another shot at this particular way yeah. back home for Jack, which like kind of sucks. But also, I mean, I, I get it. You got to you got to get rid of it. Otherwise, people will be like, why don't they just use that one? They had this one the whole time. That's why, you know, the uh, Guardian's gateway to the past in Jack and the Traveling Creatures is so enticing because we know that it's it's still there just waiting for him. He just mm-hmm. wasn't ready for it yet. Yeah, he's got to get a crown first. He'll find it. Um, yeah, Jack and the monks pull themselves to safety up through the skylight as uh, a cloud of dust shoots up through it. And when the dust settles, the monks look over to Jack and he's just like staring into the distance, like not even paying attention to them. Thank you, brother, for saving us. But why didn't you enter the time portal? You were prepared to sacrifice. I was not. But with the portal destroyed, you will have to find another way home. I am getting used to that. I'm so mad. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking idiot. (laughs) Brendan, uh, let's air out some grievances now because that is the end of (laughs) the episode. Tell me how you feel, buddy. I liked the episode a lot overall, but I didn't really love it. Like you talk about you hate it when Jack does stupid things and I've never really felt that same way before, but I feel like I do feel it in Welcome this episode. Welcome to the yeah. club. I'm like, why wouldn't, what are you doing? <laughs> you idiot. Just go. So and now I'm at the point where like, I'm on the other side of that <laughs> feeling where like we talked about how I was like trying to th- feel like Jack was a big stupid idiot because he is most of the time. Yeah. So like now I'm kind of feeling like good, not good about these decisions, but they're not bothering me as much as they used to. <laughs> um, but I can absolutely understand why you feel that way in this moment because Jack makes such a boneheaded mistake in this move where like, yeah, all of this stuff would not have happened if he just went through the portal. <laughs> like, yeah. It would have he would have undone any need for this particular scenario to have happened. I also I kind of, I don't know, it feels a little selfish. Like they're yeah. they're willing to do this. They've trained for this. They're trying to help you make the world better. And you kind of selfishly are like, no, I won't let you do that. And you throw away the closest shot you've ever had. 
I know. Yeah. Annoying. I'm, I'm mad about it, but I get that the show has to have two more seasons. <laughs> they were prepared to sacrifice and Jack was not. He even admitted as such. Yeah, well, that wasn't his decision. <laughs> no, they kind of made up their minds. Yeah, fulfilled their duty and Jack, yeah, yeah stripped them of that that honor. He took their honorable death from them. <sighs> I know. I like I just said, I I don't know. At this point, like I have to tell you, Brendan, it feels extremely liberating to think <laughs> of Jack as a dumbass. Like <laughs> I feel so good about it. I didn't realize that until this moment when you and me started talking about it. I feel like a gigantic weight has been lifted off of my shoulders where I don't have to think that Jack is completely <laughs> infallible. He's gonna do stupid ass shit. Right. This feels and I can live somehow. with it. Yeah, this doesn't feel like Jack just being an idiot, though. This is like, right, actively working against the only goal he's ever right. had. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he totally blew it in this case, uh, which is like <sighs> frustrating. I wish he hadn't have done that. But like, I understand why he did it for the show. Like, mm-hmm. it's. That's what yeah, the show is. I, I can't I can't fault the show for coming up with a reason. I just wish it was a better reason. <laughs> I did also like like. <laughs> Literally, the last line is Jack being like, yeah, I'm used to like things fucking up my way to get back home. Like, so this is just another day on the job, boys. Yeah, um, I overall, though, I did like the episode a lot. It's just that uh, it's the one big thing that I'm like, I wish they hadn't done that. Yeah, I enjoyed the episode, too. It's like a fun little kind of like throwaway episode. Like, I don't know, like I enjoyed it. It's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a neat little like side story, little diversion for him. And like, it's always fun, like. Like I said, I feel like any time that we want to like visit any part of Jack's past, like even not only like even literally the flashbacks of Jack's actual past, but like him being able to like live in this moment of like people like doing things that are familiar to him from his past, like training in this temple and him getting like so much joy out of that. I always love when they do stuff like somewhere he belongs is. Yeah. It's nice to just see like it. in in Jack's shoes when he like goes to the traditional Japanese yes. family's house yep. and like he's so impressed by like their tra- like honoring the old traditional ways. Uh, I don't know. It makes me happy to see like Jack happy with like these moments of like, oh, yeah, this is this is what I'm used to. Like not all this insane like talking dogs, flying cars, <laughs> like alligator bounty hunter, like all of these crazy fucking things. Yeah. Like can't can't we just have. Can't we just have a nice meal? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, it was a fun episode. It's like a fun. Yeah, fun no, I liked thing. it. I, I liked it. it. Uh, one complaint. And even then I'll get over it. It is what it, it is. What yeah. It is. Yeah, it's just that's the way the show works sometimes. Yep. Uh, Brendan, that was episode 36 of Samurai Jack. Again, titled Jack, the monks and the ancient master's son. Yep. They really beefed it It on this episode title. It sure was called that. Those sure were things that were in this episode, huh? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, I guess, yeah, because they already blew Jack in the mugs. I was going to say, I feel like they could have left out and the ancient master's son, but. Jack, comma, the monks. (laughs) Jack, the monks. Jack, the, how about Jack, the monk? Ooh, that would have been fun. New role for Jack in this world. Yeah. He did train her in their ways, so I think they'd probably be like totally down to let him join their ranks. Yeah. He'd have oh. to shave that sweet ponytail, though. Yeah, he would. Uh, okay. That was episode 36. Uh, Brendan, no emails this week. 
Uh, but if anyone does want to send us emails, uh, the address is gutterecap at gmail.com. Uh, send us your thoughts on the uh, podcast or Samurai Jack or Cartoon Network in general. And Brendan will stop being sad that we haven't gotten emails because I'm looking at his face right now. The man looks sad. I'm sad. I wish we had emails to read. It's okay. We'll get them. No email song. That was almost an email song in itself. I was going to sing a song about how we didn't have emails, but I decided... Can you sing a non-email song? Go ahead. Do it for you. This is the no email song. Mm. It's like the the minor key version of the email song itself. Yep. That's what I was going for. Uh, A a tear has been brought to my (laughs) eye. Can you add violins to that in post? Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'll probably just do like the Eleanor Rigby violins uh, (laughs) to try to spice it up a little bit. For it, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, gotarecap at gmail.com. You can find us at gotarecap on social media and also head to uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Drop us a five-star review. That would be extremely helpful. And thank you to everyone in advance for doing that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, Brendan, I don't know. Uh, would you like to practice the, uh, the, uh, horse drinking water with me after I was, I was going to try to master the monkey grabs the peach monkey grabs the peach. I have actually, uh, what you don't know at home listening to this is you don't know that I have been doing the water beetle the entirety of this. It's true. It's been hard hard to keep it together. Um, I'm very tired and I think I'm going to need to take a shower. So we better go ahead and cut this episode off right now. So we can get, get that taken care of. All right. <laughs> Brendan, it was a fun one, my boy. Yeah, it was. Uh, a fun one awaits us next week and the week after. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will get there. Uh, until then, thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Counters with bye. Bye.